Lord, we are confident that you were born and lived among us. And that's the reason that hope is here, because you're here. But we, I, I pray that hope would rise in the hearts of everyone that's in this room and watching online. This has been a very strategic weekend. Not a person here by accident. No one watching online is just happening across this stream. You want to help us today. You want to allow the hope that is available to us to really minister to that place where it is most needed. So God, just have your way today. You, you know already the kind of ministry that you are about to accomplish and you've already started it. I, I give myself to this. We give ourselves to listen with our heart. And we thank you for the results. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. If you have experienced an unexpected situation, unexpected challenge, an unmet expectation, something that was difficult and instead of it getting easier, it got even more difficult. Something that you prayed would get better, it got worse. If any of that has happened or it's all happened, you find yourself needing hope. All of these things are certainly part of the Christmas story and hope won the day. Hope pierced through the darkness of the hopelessness. I don't think that I should talk to you about hope even for a minute without acknowledging the fact that we need hope is because there are those seasons where despair is so strong. This dichotomy is best seen in Psalm 30, looking at verse 5. It's the last part of that verse. It says, weeping may stay for the night. Weeping may stay. It certainly has for us. It was last Christmas. Everything was going great. We had gone to Virginia, as we normally do, to be with family. And our brother-in-law, David, was part of everything like he's always been. But he started saying, you know, I just don't feel at myself. Uh, I've got these nagging challenges physically and nothing seems to be working. And that led to getting some tests and those tests, more tests, CAT scans, MRIs. And bottom line, he was diagnosed early in the year with stage four pancreatic cancer. The doctor said, you're very sick. We're going to work hard at getting you healthy enough for treatment. That did not happen, and in a, a final diagnosis on March the 11th, uh, only to find that on April the 11th, he passed away. That was unexpected. This past Tuesday was David and Joanne's 36th wedding anniversary. No one even conceived that it would be like it's been. We will go into this Christmas and it'll be different than any Christmas we've had. And I just want to tell you that when I talk to you about hope today, I'm talking to you about hope that is very uh, comfortable to be acquainted with grief. That hope and tears can live in the same heart. That hope and tears can live in the same house.
that you really can't appreciate hope until you acknowledge the grief. People are watching from various places. During the 9 o'clock, there was a family watching from another state, and they put into the comments, this message was for me. I recently lost my brother to cancer, and now my other brother is in chemotherapy. We're grieving and we're praying. I don't know where you are today, but I just want to tell you that if you need to cry, cry. 17 years ago was my family's first Christmas without my brother. He passed when he was 41 years of age. He would be 59 this January. And all of our family gathered like we have always done, and my aunts, uncles, cousins were there. And being the pastor in the family, they would always look to me to pray over the meal. So when it came time for prayer that year, I got out about two words, and that was it. The tears started flowing, and I, I couldn't even speak. And as I was talking about this last night and this morning during the nine, and even now as I look across, I start watching people wipe tears because you're there, and probably one of the most important things I could say to you today is that hope and tears can live in the same heart. And if you need to cry, cry. If you need to grieve, grieve. In fact, I would never ask you to just put a pretty bow on the package of your current circumstance and just kind of uh, press a smile on your face during this season as if there aren't some real issues you're dealing with. That's denial. That's not helpful. Listen to these words. Weeping may stay. Weeping may stay for the night. But rejoicing comes in the morning. It happens. We are grieving, Kelly and I, and yet it's not without hope. It is very real to uh, think about how this Christmas is going to be different. As I was praying with people last night at the end of the service, I, got, I caught a, a burden for students who, for whatever reason, this Christmas is not going to be like any other. It could be an economic pressure on the family. Maybe a divorce is going on. And I just pray, God, would you help? Would you help these students? I pray that for you, whatever it is, because it's not just death that creates grief and struggle. It can be any significant transition. And my prayer is that you would just be free to acknowledge it, so that you can start experiencing hope in the midst of it. Weeping may stay for the night. The transition here is, but rejoicing comes in the morning. There is more to the story. The story is not over yet. It may be different than it's ever been, but it's not over. And so as you look into this part of the verse... The ministry of hope happens like this. It is not the working out of an outcome. Kelly and I did not get the expected outcome. We prayed for healing for David. We prayed that he would be strong enough for 
treatment, and maybe that would prolong his life for a period of time. But it didn't happen that way. For you see, hope is not the working out of an outcome. It is the inner working of the one who has come. I want you to receive that. It is the inner working of the presence of God in your heart. That is where hope has to start because that's where the challenges reside. The inner working. This inner working that I speak of today is best seen in Romans 15 and 13 where it says God is the God of hope and notice he will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Notice how profound so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That verse says I can't come up with this hope. God is the source of this hope. I can't supply it. God has to supply it, and he promises by the power of the Spirit. And when he gives this hope, it will fill us with joy and peace. And those two words are very closely linked. And the greatest description when you open up those words in the original language is that there will be a settling of your spirit. Nothing changes around you. There is a settling within you. This is how I prayed for Moms and dads, this is how I prayed for students last night, this morning at nine, that God would just settle them. Because the hope I speak of is not connected to, and it doesn't come from an outcome. It comes from the inner working of the one who has come. So that my hope today is available We have not just randomly chosen a way to approach Christmas. Very intentionally, we are saying, hope is here. Not because of what's going on around us, but because of the light that shattered the darkness when the angel said to the shepherds, unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the God of hope is here. So now hope can rise in your heart in the midst of the tears. There will be times this Christmas where we will be laughing as we remember David and how fun and funny he was. There will be times where we will be crying as we are gripped with the vacancy, the gap, the, the huge place that he held with all of us. And in all of that, simultaneously, will be the abiding hope of a God of hope who supplies hope, who says, go ahead and grieve, but you're not going to do it one moment without my presence, without my help without my hope. If you are not a Christian today, I want to invite you to come to know the God of hope. I want you to know that your life will never settle until you come to know him. That's not my opinion. That is the way the human experience works. When you surrender to God, you 
can be saved. And that is the moment that hope can start rising in your heart. What I'm talking about is the kind of God that Isaiah prophesied. He will bind up the brokenhearted. He will comfort those who mourn. He will provide for those who grieve. Brokenheartedness, mourning and grief, that, that's all something that happens on the inside. So here comes the inner working of God in your heart. Isaiah says, once God does this, here's the description. You will receive beauty for ashes. I want to give you this quote from uh, Tish Warren, Tish Harrison Warren. This is real talk right here. Unless we make space for grief, that's what we're doing today. There's been so much loss over the last 18 to 20 months. Every one of us in this room are probably marked by some significant loss. And so we're going to make space for grief because we cannot know the depths of the love of God. The healing God rings from pain unless we make space for the hope that shows up in the night seasons. This way of grieving, it will yield to a wisdom, not wisdom to where we know why things happen the way they happen. No, no. We don't get the answers for those kind of questions. And if you did, hey, God, why did my brother-in-law, if I got an answer to that, does it bring him back? I need to know the kind of wisdom that anchors me in a God who is still in control when I don't see it and I don't understand it and I certainly don't feel that, yet I can have a wisdom, a comfort. And here's one, joy. Well, Pastor, there's no way. There is no way in the natural. That's why I have come today in complete surrender. God, you have to do this. You you are the source of this, and you are the supply. And I am willing to trust you. I am willing to trust you, God. I have no one else. My trust is in you. So bold that Paul wrote that we could even overflow with hope. Let's open ourselves to that possibility. When I mentioned my brother who passed away 17 years ago, it never becomes normal. It, it never doesn't hurt. It's just that now it's been 17 years of God proving his faithfulness and a comfort that I don't have the words to describe. It, it, if I was to describe it, it was in the immediate, it was like the comfort moved beneath me like like a foundation that was granite, that was so fortified because I couldn't hold myself. God held me up. God will hold you. How are we even here today? But for the deep work of God in our heart. Beauty for ashes. Elizabeth Elliot said that when God is involved, God's story, and we're going to put a praise right here, God's story will never end in ashes. 
Never. Beauty for ashes means there's something so profound that happens on the inside that when you do see me smile this season, I can promise you it's not fake. When you see me rejoicing, it's not performance. It is a soul that is experiencing the depths of the love of God as I make space for the grief that is experiencing the presence of God. We sing it every year during the season about Emmanuel, God with us. And it could be that you experience his presence in a time where you are without the presence of someone that you love so much. Could be. Never wanted it to be experienced like this, but God is not going to leave you alone. Never. Beauty for ashes. So this is this deep work's not cosmetic and it's not performance. And when I talk about performance, it, on down in Isaiah 61, it says, where you, where you have felt so much heaviness, there will be praise. One version says there will be dancing. And the psalmist is just trying to communicate the profound work of God where as you live out your faith, it isn't performance. It's an authentic faith that has been forged in the pain of the human experience because it's been accompanied by the deep work of the love, peace, faith, and hope of Almighty God. Come on, church. We have God as our source. He's our resource. Hope... Because it's here, it always rises. Now watch this. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. In the morning, think sunrise. Hope always rises. Like helium in a balloon. If, if you, as long as you have helium, that balloon is going to rise. It can't do anything else. Because Jesus was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died and rose again, I'm sitting here saying it is a biblical guarantee. Hope is not just here because it's here. Hope always rises like the night giving way to the morning. Hope will rise through the pain, through the grief, through the night seasons, and you're going to, you're going to find peace and joy and the help of God. It's even happening now. Just let the ministry of the Holy Spirit just go deep within your soul today. You know, when Jesus was born, the, the way they described it was light shattered the darkness. And I asked Pastor Garrison to come back because this message is way more caught than taught. This has got to be turned into prayer and receiving this word. So we'll do that very soon. But... Let me say that when the light shattered the darkness, it was so strong that the darkness couldn't overcome it. When John was writing by the Holy Spirit the revelation, he gave many descriptions of Jesus. And one that he gave was that Jesus is the bright and the morning star. Now, 
actually there's a morning star. And the morning star is that star that pierces through when the darkest is the most intense. When you can't see any other star so dark, the morning star is the one that breaks through. And when it breaks through, it sends this message, darkness lost again. And that coming behind the light of the morning star is the new day. A new day is following close behind the bright morning star. When the angels declared the birth of Jesus, when Jesus was born, the light shattered the darkness. And coming behind the birth of Jesus was salvation for those who are lost, hope for those who are hopeless, comfort for those who mourn, freedom for those who have lost control. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes, here it comes, in the morning. The light has pierced this darkness of the human experience, our fallenness, our sinfulness, our hopelessness, and hope is not a concept, and help is not a concept, freedom is not a concept, Salvation is not a concept, it's a person. His name is Jesus. See, hope is rising because hope is here. It's here. I'm reaching today for people that would say, Pastor, my heart is in a million pieces. I'm reaching to you. I'm reaching to that person who says, it won't be the same this Christmas. For whatever the reason, it won't be the same. I'm reaching to you with this message today. I want you to experience the hope that is an inner working of the one who has come. Would you stand with me, everybody? Would you close your eyes in the presence of Jesus? We have set aside time so that we can experience this. I don't want you to leave the way you came. So I'm going to ask for a show of hands. If you need hope, there is a reason that has you needing this hope that comes from God. Would you just raise your hand and would you keep it up? Yeah, come on, keep it up because I'm going to go from my left to the right. So over to my left, I see two, three hands in the outside coming to the next section, four, five, six, seven, keep them up, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, coming over to the right, 16, 17, keep them high, keep them high, 18, 19, 20, lots of hands all across this place. You've got some news and it has threatened a sense of faith, it's threatened it, you're just not settled. You're so unsettled. I'm, I'm reaching to somebody who's so unsettled today. The Holy Spirit gave me this message for you. If you're watching online, I'm talking right to you. This is for you right there in your home, wherever you're watching from. The Holy Spirit wanted you in this moment so that you could experience His hope. So what I'm going to do. 
I'm just going to ask if you need the hope of salvation, if you need the hope of a fresh rededication, if you need the hope because of what's in your story that caused you to lift your hand, in a moment I'm going to ask you to come. I just want you to listen to the chorus of this song that speaks of wherever I find myself, God is available, and I'm going to ask you to come. as they sing that again if you lifted your hand or you wanted to let's just wait before the Lord I'm going to ask you to come forward and just stand across the front you may be here for the first time and you've never responded this way all we're going to do is pray we just want to show you that we're with you that we love you that God loves you we're just going to pray together so if you lifted your hand or you wanted to would you just start coming forward and let's just continue to sing can come if you'd like. We'd love to pray with you.
Jesus, you're being so personal and so specific right now, and we're so grateful that we can receive this deep, settled peace, the inner working of the one who has come. When I leave here, nothing around me may have changed, but in my heart, it's changed. I have found the source and the supply. It's all in you. Hope is rising. And I pray that, and just hear this right now, your hope, the hope that God is giving you right now, it's durable. It's durable. It's durable. It will sustain. It will hold up under the pressure of life, the pain of life, the stress of life, the grief of life. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus.
As we have sung that over the years in this season, please receive that today in its truest representation. All is calm, all is bright. That's only because Jesus was born. But in that very moment, Herod was strategizing. The threat was as high as it had ever been. The pressure was as intense, but the peace, it wasn't connected to what Herod was doing or the threat he was making. The peace was about the fact that Jesus had been born, hope had arrived. Your peace right now is in him. That settledness that we prayed for, it's all because of him. That's what will keep you as you go into this afternoon, as you go into this next week. For that family that's going through transition, maybe because of divorce, the settledness is because of Jesus. Those facing chemotherapy, the peace is because of Jesus. It's not in a diagnosis. It's not in a report, good or bad. It's in Jesus. I have hope today because I have Jesus. So we praise you, Lord. I want us to sing it again, everybody. All across this place. That's it, that's it.
God, I thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding. I am so grateful that we can cast our cares on you and you will care for us. We will walk in this presence of hope and it will sustain us, it will sustain us and it will keep us. Lord, I, I'm thankful that the darkness has lost again and that hope is rising again. We need it and you've provided it and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm going to continue this talk next week, and I hope you'll come back and bring people with you. People need hope. There's been so much loss and so much, so many struggles. Let's use every gathering as a way to help people. But there's something we need to do right now. We don't need to rush out of here. It's quite early. We need to just minister one to another. So here's what we're going to do. The lights are going to come up gently, and we're just going to move around telling one another, hey, I'm with you, I love you, I'm praying for you, and I'm available to you. Have some ministry time, and then God bless you as you go. Doors open at 5 o'clock tonight for an unforgettable experience. Hope you'll come back. But right now, let's just have this time together.